I'm Aubrey Henderson. I'm a recovering people pleaser turned self-worth coach, here to help you befriend your inner critic, break up with people pleasing, and reconnect with your desire. Every week, I share my answers to your questions, live coaching sessions, interviews, and more to help you reconnect with your self-worth. Have you ever felt stuck in your life and just needed a really fucking good pep talk? Well, babe, you've come to the right place. Welcome to Ask Aubrey. I'm so glad you're here. Ask Aubrey is supported by Eliza and Wild. Eliza and Wild creates all natural, high potency CBD products designed to give you targeted everyday self care inside and out. Their ingestible and topical CBD products are consciously designed with all natural and intentionally sourced ingredients and fully recyclable packaging. So it's good for you and for the earth. And y'all, Eliza and Wild literally does not have a single product that I don't love. I have them all, and everything smells and tastes incredible and is made with ingredients that I can feel good about putting on and in my body. I take the CBD and MCT oil drops daily, and they help me to really keep my anxiety and my tension under control. And they also have a line of amazing CBD topical products including this lip balm that I am truly obsessed with. And like, did you know that CBD actually has anti-inflammatory properties when you apply it directly to your skin? Because I didn't until I started to use this lip balm and it is changing my life. And also it smells amazing, which we all know is really important. And I know that you're gonna love these products just as much as I do. So when you grab yours at elizaandwild.com, you can use the promo code Aubrey15 at checkout for 15% off your order. That's elizaandwild.com, E-L-I-Z-A-A-N-D-W-Y-L-D.com. And make sure to use code Aubrey15, that's A-U-B-R-E-E-1-5, for 15% off. Hey babes, welcome to this week's episode. I want to just talk briefly today about something that happens to me all the time, truly all the time, very frequently, and that I only recently, like in the last couple of years, have been able to recognize a name as a phenomenon, right? And been able to say, oh, that's what that is. And that is the vulnerability hangover. And if you know, you know, right? Like if you experience these, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But if you don't, or if this is a term you have not heard before, basically the vulnerability hangover is the feeling that you get after you have been vulnerable, right? In some way, whether it's putting yourself out there, sharing something vulnerable with somebody, you know, being really authentic in who you are in a way that that feels vulnerable, right? And that feeling you get afterward that is not pleasant in whatever way, whether that's to feel like, oh shit, you know, I'm anxious that, you know, I'm going to be rejected as a result of this. That's usually where mine comes from is the anxiety, fear of rejection. So there's kind of like a an anxious response, right? I feel nervous. I can't stop thinking about it. There's some self-doubting, you know, Maybe for you, it looks like I, you know, I shouldn't have said that. Why would I, why would I share that with that person? That was silly of me to do that. That was stupid. 
Maybe it shows up in sort of a physical somatic way for you, right? Maybe you feel nauseous or you get sweaty, right? Maybe maybe it shows up in some sort of sensation in your body, right? Whatever it looks like, whatever combination of things, it is, I like to call it the oh shit moment following vulnerability, right? That feeling of, oh my God, I okay, I really just did that. I put myself out there and I don't know what's going to happen next. Or, you know, sometimes it's I put myself out there and something has happened next and it doesn't feel good, right? It's that moment that is similar to a hangover that, but instead of resulting from, you know, and any kind of, you know, high substance usage, whatever, alcohol, it is the result of vulnerability. And so, you know, I think it's really important that we talk about the vulnerability hangover experience. One, because for me personally, learning that this was a phenomenon, right? Like hearing this this terminology for me for the first time a few years ago was really powerful because it, it allowed me to see like, oh, I'm not the only person who can't <laughs> like deal with being vulnerable. Like I think there was this, I had this narrative. I told myself that I like just couldn't, just couldn't deal with vulnerability. I was just like this super extra anxious person. And to be clear, I am quite an anxious person and, and would describe myself that way. But you know, to know that this was, this was an experience that a lot of people feel, right? That after sharing something really tender, really personal, really, um, you know, for lack of a a better word than the one I'm going to use 28,000 times in the next couple of minutes, something very vulnerable, it's normal to feel kind of the lurch, you know, the oh shit moment, whatever that feels like for you. But what you're in danger of having happen if you don't really consider how you respond in that moment when you when you experience that hangover, right? Is that it can deter you from then going back and being vulnerable again, right? And it makes sense, right? It is that is the, you know, we have the inner critic sort of voice that we've talked about here before that wants to protect us, right? And so when you put yourself out there and you make yourself vulnerable, what's gonna happen is then your subconscious is going to come back with all of all of these possibilities of all the terrible things that could go wrong to discourage you from doing that again. Our brain wants to discourage us from taking risks a lot of the time because it wants to keep us from getting hurt. And we know that with vulnerability comes risk, right? Of course. And so, you know, when you're practicing vulnerability, your brain is going to be on that loop a lot of the time. Like I'm I'm somebody who incorporates vulnerability as like a as a baseline daily practice in my life. It's something that's very important to me. I put a lot of intention into it. And still, I have a vulnerability hangover like once a week usually. Like I had one a couple of days ago. And which is part of what inspired me to <laughs> record this for you all because it it still happens to me so frequently even though I practice vulnerability consistently. And so whether you're listening to this and you're somebody who's like, I had no clue what the fuck a vulnerability hangover was. I was just curious, which is why I clicked on this episode, right? Whether you're somebody who is afraid of being vulnerable and doesn't do it very often, but you know wants to understand vulnerability a bit more, whether you're somebody who saw the words vulnerability hangover and you were like, oh my God, I think that's me. Whether you're somebody who knows you experience this a lot and just want a better way to deal with it. You know, I wanted to share with you the steps that I take 
and the things that I do when I am in this space of vulnerability hangover, right? Which again, I spend a lot of time here, so <laughs> I'm happy to share any you know wisdom I've taken away. Um, so there are sort of three main steps that I like to take that I would encourage you to take when you are in this experience of a vulnerability hangover. And the first is to just name it for what it is, right? To be able to say, I think I'm experiencing a vulnerability hangover. And, you know, like I said, for me to even be able to have that terminology and have the language to describe that experience was really powerful because it helped me to see, okay, this is a response that is happening as a result of you know, me sharing personally, right? Me putting myself out there. And I am having, you know, the sort of reaction that is like we've talked about is my brain sort of counterbalancing, oh, like, you know, what you just did was risky. And so it's my brain sort of taking me through the worst case scenario sometimes, right? Like I said, for me, it goes straight to, oh, you put yourself out there and you shared something really personal and now you're going to get rejected because of it, right? It's my brain kind of priming me for the worst case scenario. So when we're able to recognize, okay, this is what's happening, right? I put myself out there, which is a decision that I made and I made it intentionally. And sometimes, you know, to be fair, sometimes a vulnerability hangover can come when we've, you know, shared something that we didn't necessarily set out to share, right? We might, we sometimes find ourselves sharing a little more than we had planned to, but recognizing that that's what it is a result of, right? That you're feeling vulnerable because you shared something vulnerable. And so as a result, there is that feeling of, you know, extra sort of tenderness and sensitivity around that. And recognizing too what the emotions are that come up, right? What are the emotions you're experiencing? What are the thoughts that you're experiencing? What are the physical kind of somatic responses? What do you feel in your body as a result of this? And with my clients, this is something I would actually have them track and write down, right? Is to be able to say one, like, this is what I think is happening. I think I'm having a vulnerability hangover because I said to so-and-so last night that I, you know, whatever, fill in the blank here. Um, struggling to think of a creative idea or scenario, but because of this vulnerable thing that I shared or this vulnerable conversation that I had, I'm having a vulnerability hangover. And then I would encourage them to really reflect on and capture in writing, what are the feelings? What are the thoughts? What are the physical sensations that come along with that and capture them, right? And just that moment of you know, writing them down doesn't necessarily solve them or take them away, right? But what it does is it gets them on a list on paper in front of you in a way that can often serve to neutralize them, right? And at minimum, even if they still feel, you know, pretty vivid and pretty present, you have captured them and tapped into them and really tuned into them in a way that is no longer just you kind of being overwhelmed with emotion that is unknown, but it's you being able to say, okay, this is exactly what I'm experiencing, And the awareness of it is important. That's powerful because it also allows you to recognize, okay, this might be what happens when I share vulnerably. And if you're capturing that in the moment, then when you're out of the vulnerability hangover, right? When you've moved forward into a place where either the situation is resolved, you've been able to self-soothe with something, right? 
that then you can reflect on it and say, hmm, wow, these are the feelings that came up. These are the thoughts and emotions that came up. Let me look at that when I'm not so activated and see, you know, kind of what it is that's going on. Think about why that may, that might be happening, right? So really taking the time to just name it for what it is and not necessarily to make it go away, right? We, we might not be able to make it go away, but to tune into it and hold space for it, right? To be able to say also, this is what I think I'm experiencing is powerful because it names it. I think often we try to kind of suppress emotions and push them down or ignore them or push them out of the way. And the thing about feelings is that they demand to be felt. And that's why they're often so painful. Um, And even more so when we try to repress. And then the next piece, after you've been able to really name and tune into what's going on emotionally, mentally, physically for you, to acknowledge what is within your control and what's not about the situation. And this will piss my clients off when I talk about it sometimes because it's it can feel frustrating, right? This idea of like, and also because I'm I'm often a broken record about the idea of, okay, what about this is in our control and what's not in our control? But I think this is one of the most important and ultimately most freeing lessons we can learn is recognizing what's in our control, what's outside of our control. And, you know, if you look at a situation where you have shared something personal with somebody, you have put yourself out there, you really have exerted the control that you have in the situation, right? Because all we can control is us, right? Our sphere of influence or direct control, rather, or sphere of influence is much wider. But our, our the the degree to which we have complete control starts and ends with like our own physical body, our choices that we make, the things that we choose to say, right? And so, you made a choice to share something vulnerable, and that was what was within your control. And it has happened when you have the vulnerability hangover. It that means it has already happened, and. Often what the hangover is coming from is sort of this anxiety or, you know, kind of rumination on the shit that's outside of your control now, right? So if I have shared something with someone and I'm worried they're going to reject me as a result or I'm worried they're talking shit about me to somebody or I'm worried that, you know, I look like a fucking idiot talking to them, right? That's all outside of my control because that's about what the other person is thinking, what the other person is doing, something that's completely outside of my control. And so with that, I think what I would say is, is not necessarily that that's going to make you stop caring about those things. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm under no illusion that just saying, well, that's out of your control. So just like, let it go is helpful, right? I don't, I don't think that that makes those things feel less important or less meaningful. We care about how other people feel about us. We care about what other people think about us. And the closer we are to them, often the more we care. But it's recognizing, okay, in this situation, I am I'm feeling shitty. And part of that is because I am fixated right now on things that are not within my control. And often even just being able to name that, even if you remain feeling like shit about those things, right? You are able to name, okay, what I control right now in this situation is me. And when you're in that vulnerability hangover, when you're in that space where it feels like shit, 
the thing that you can control in that moment is what you do with yourself, with your physical body, with your mind and attention at that time. So it's pivoting. And instead of, you know, allowing the space to, and you know, to be fair, you could make a choice to stay and ruminate on the stuff that feels shitty, but it feels shitty. So I would suggest choosing differently if you can. And Choose to do something that brings you joy and maybe distracts you. I'm giving you permission in this moment, if you're in a vulnerability hangover, to distract yourself. I think once you've named the feeling, you've named the emotion, you've given it some space, right? You've been able to say, this is what I feel in my body, in my heart, in my mind. It's okay to say, I don't like feeling this and I don't like sitting in this because I'm ruminating about shit that's outside of my control. So I'm going to move off of it. And you can do that a million different ways that are all going to look different based on who you are. The things that work for you might not work for me. For me, it might be that I am going to put my phone away and I'm going to go for a run, right? It might be that I am going to listen to really, really loud dance music and dance around my house like an idiot, right? It might be that I am going to go shopping because that is something that brings me joy. It might be that I'm going to call my mom, because talking to my mom will distract me. It might be that I'm going to play with my kids. For you, it could be a million different things, right? But recognizing that in that situation, what you have control over is you and the choices that you make right now. Now, in some cases, the choice might be to reach out to the person that you're thinking about. You know, often we're wondering, what's that person thinking about me right now? How are they feeling about that conversation? Here's an amazing revolutionary idea. You could actually reach out to that person and find out that information a lot of the time. Right? And I, you know, I know that every situation is different, so it might be that it was a, you know, you're giving that person space and you don't want to reach out. For there's a million different kind of scenarios here, of course. But remember that a lot of the time we think to ourselves, "Oh, I couldn't possibly reach out to them and ask them, you know, what they're thinking or you know, how they're feeling about the conversation that we had, you totally can. And so if it's something where you could reach out and have a conversation with somebody and, you know, in a way that respects everyone's boundaries and, of course, is, you know, keeping consent in mind, then that's also something you can do. And if that, you know, that's often something that I will do when I'm in a vulnerability hangover and I'm worried about how a conversation went and I really just want to make sure that the other person feels okay about how our conversation went. I'll just ask them. And that is something that you can do. You can totally do that. So that's number two, recognizing what's in your control, what's outside of your control, and then choosing to take action based on what is in your control, right? Even when the stuff that's out of your control feels shitty, knowing that the lever that you have is what's within it. And then finally, the last piece is patting yourself on the back, having a moment of like self-congratulation and of self-love because all of this is happening because you took a chance and made yourself vulnerable. You put yourself out there, presumably in an effort to make connection and deepen intimacy with another person, right? When we share something that is vulnerable, we do so even when it's scary Because we want to connect with someone. Because we want to show up as authentically ourselves, right? And so the fact that you did that is something to celebrate. And I think often we can get really caught in this kind of like, you know, 
like negative self-talk of, you know, I, ugh, I can't believe I shared that. I must have looked so stupid or ugh, I can't believe I gave them the upper hand by telling them how much I care or ugh, I can't believe I was the first person to say I love you. Like that's so embarrassing and they didn't say it back. Like take a second and instead of talking shit on yourself to maybe celebrate the fact that you did something really fucking brave. Okay. By putting yourself out there, and this is true every time. This is not just, you know, true the first time you have a vulnerable conversation. Every vulnerable conversation is brave. Every time we put ourselves out there and we're authentic and we're honest and we show the most kind of tender, soft parts of ourselves, that is an act of courage. And so that is the last piece that I would just remind you of. And that's really the pep talk I want to give you is that, I know that sometimes after we are really vulnerable, it feels shitty. It feels scary. It feels like, you know, we're like kind of in free fall a little bit. And it could be, you know, less or more intense depending on what it is that you share. But it doesn't, it's called a hangover for a reason. It doesn't always feel good. But what helps me is to remember that every act of vulnerability is also an act of courage. Every time we share a part of ourselves with somebody in order to create more intimacy, in order to honor our most authentic selves more truly, that is an act of bravery. And that is what I would encourage you to remember when it feels shitty, when you're thinking, why did I do that? You did it because it was brave. And I'm proud of you for that. And you should be proud of yourself too. So just to recap... When you are in a vulnerability hangover, number one is to name it for what it is and really tune into all of the emotions, the thoughts, the physical sensations that come with that for you and really tune into those, whether it is just paying close attention to them, whether it is naming it out loud to someone, oh, I'm having such a vulnerability hangover today, whether it's writing it down, but naming it. Next, you are going to acknowledge what is within your control and what's outside of it. The shit that's outside of your control, how other people are thinking or feeling or talking about you, any choice or thought that another person is making that's out of your control, and to recognize that that part that you're fretting about is what is outside of your control. And so instead, focusing on what's within your sphere of control, which is you, just you, that's it. And so making choices that are in service of the feeling that you want to be experiencing right now. So maybe that's to connect with the person. Maybe that's to distract yourself from the shitty way that you're feeling in order to give the situation more space. But making a choice for you because that is what you can control in this moment and really connecting with that control can be really empowering. And then finally, giving yourself a fucking pat on the back because you were vulnerable and that is some brave shit that you just did. I really hope that this helps you. The next time that you are feeling that vulnerability hangover feeling that is familiar for so many of us. And I hope that you'll share it with a friend if they are feeling the same thing. And I think you're pretty great. Being vulnerable is fucking awesome. Putting yourself out there is how we find connection. It's how we deepen our relationships. And that's what this shit is all about. Love ya. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you loved it, please take a second to subscribe on your favorite platform leave a rating or a review. 
and take a screenshot and share it on social media or with a friend who needs to hear a message like this one. I love the chance to hear from you and connect with you because it gives me the opportunity to remind you that you are worthy, worthy of wholeness and happiness and just good things. So send me the question or the topic that's keeping you up at night or that you just want to hear more about. You can send me a voice memo at anchor.fm slash Aubrey Henderson, and I can actually include any voice memos that you send me in the show, which I think is pretty bad. Or you can send a good old-fashioned written message from my website at aubreyhenderson.com. I'll see you next time, babes.